Today we're heading out to Fort Lauderdale to talk to Kelly Gordon. She's the captain of a 106 motor yacht that charters out from Fort Lauderdale. We're going to her home port. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of things, what goes on behind the scenes, how the boat's taken care of, what happens with passengers, how she keeps it all together and uh, keeps her crew and passengers safe. We think you'll like it. Thanks for joining. So I'm uh, here today with Captain Kelly Gordon. Uh, captain's 106. Yeah, 106. Uh, 106, uh, called uh, Freddie. Yes. And uh, you charter this boat out, or you're the captain who charters people all around, I guess, the Caribbean. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we wanted to talk to you today because um, you have a very interesting approach to managing things Aww. and getting things done. Thank you. Well, thanks so, for having me. First of all, I'm super excited. Yeah, so, um, hey, so you're in a wide area. First of all, you're a female captain, which is not common. No, it's not. In, uh, in the boating world. And... Um, and so, like, how do you break through? Like, you don't, do not seem in any way like, hey, there's big issues or whatever. You just seem to approach things like, I'm going to do it, and off to the races I go. So how did this all come about? Uh, yeah, that's, that's very much so. And it's mm. kind of, I don't know, one of, the, one of the things that I like to express to other women, you know, trying to break through that barrier, if you will, um, and, and into the, the male-dominated industry, you know, it, it needs to just get to where you know, um, I'm a I'm a captain. You know, sure. where I'm I'm not a female captain. Sure, I'm, I'm I'm a captain just like this dude over here is. You know, right? Um, and it's uh, it's mindset, it's attitude, it's sure. how you approach a person. And one of the things that I try to explain to the to the women coming into this to the department, whether it's interior or exterior, but let's just say exterior, the deck department, is it's all about how you approach the guys. You know, than have than have been uh, the captains for for years and years. Sure. You know, maybe for me it comes from my upbringing. Uh, if if you go back to where I grew up on a farm and and that kind of thing is, I was always around the guys. Sure. You know, so being outside working with the guys, you know, uh, cleaning stalls, shoveling manure, uh, baling hay, that kind of thing. I was always with the guys. So so do you think it's you know it's interesting you say that because like my wife you know. Years ago, I mean, hitting, you know, give away the ages here, but, you know, in the 80s, coming through, breaking through that glass ceiling and all that, and just seeing other women do it. And what I found with them is that they just figured, all right, these are guys. They they act a certain way. I'm not saying that there's there's no room for sexual harassment or no. things like that, but, hey, we got to get it. Guys are, who are not caught up with that, and there's plenty of us, trust me. Uh, we don't want the hassle, like, you're going you're gonna to do this. Just go do it. Yeah. Like, don't complain about it. We're hard on other guys, too. We do, we, we get annoyed with them. We call them names like you're a jerk, whatever. I'm not saying that. And I certainly have evolved over the years, right? But it's sort of like, we on a job to do. There's no time to waste to get in there. And when you start just digging in and you start playing the game, you sort of get sucked up. They don't look at you as a woman. They start assigning you tasks. This, she's good, or this person's good. And then they, you start getting more and more exposed. And I've been around a lot of successful women. I, I, they've always had them as executives on my team. Uh, I'd love to work with them. And, but I do find that they never cared. 
They were like, yeah, these guys are jerks. They're going to put some roadblocks in front of me. This is one or person. Or you fire back at them. Or you fire back. <laughs> but what really is interesting is like, oh, they put a roadblock. Okay, this is one person and one individual doing a roadblock. I'm just going to go around them. I don't have time. They completely bypass them. And when other people see that, even if it's a male-dominated, as it you know, was in the past, a lot of industries, they're like, all right, she's in. Good. Yeah. There's the opportunity. Now, there's, there's no doubt for many years, like, she's a woman. What is she doing here? And women had it tough to persevere. But I think we've advanced the cause. But now there's still industries that are dominated by men. A lot of times, not because of roadblocks, but because women have never shown that interest. Well, if you don't see it. If you don't see it, right? If you don't, if you don't see it, then how do you know you can be it? Um, right. So, so if you don't... You don't see a lot of female captains. Then why would that even be on your radar right. as, as, as a career? Well, coach, I would think, you know? I would say to women or anybody, ooh, seize the opportunity. Look well, at that, right? See, that's my mindset. Right. Which is probably the way that, that I was raised, the way that I grew up. You know, my mom always, always raised me to ask questions, to utilize anyone's doubt as motivation. Oh, know? it's great, so, right. So it's, 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 it's the way I, I think, was raised and the, and the mindset and, you know, having grown up around the guys and knowing that I, I didn't want to be in the house doing yeah. uh, <clears throat> the things that girls are supposed to do. Mm. Uh, I just found that outside was more fun and the guys sure. the jobs did was more fun. And so I made it work for me. But then, you know, as you come into the industry and and you do meet some resistance or you do find a roadblock, I never looked at it as they don't want me here because I'm a because I'm a mm -hmm. woman. I mean, yes, sometimes I would I, I get frustrated and I still do because I find sometimes people just not maliciously but just second nature will literally shift their body language to my first officer engineer for confirmation when I'm like, I'm over here in the captain, like, but, but would I laugh about it? Well, you know, I mean, I, I think, about it. but I mean, listen, uh, you, what you're describing, right, happens all the time to guys. Especially like if you were younger, I can't tell you how many times, oh, there's a younger guy. I run the company, I own the company, they go into the older guy and you have to sit there and laugh. I think your attitude is right on and I wish more people who get that kind of crap understand all you have to do is what you did. Like, you gotta laugh at it. You like, yes. And it's sort of like, uh, uh, I've, I've seen it with my wife before, whatever. Uh, oh, where's your husband? It's like, listen. <laughs> Well, we, we, all, we almost made a game out of it. Look, right. look there was there was myself, my uh, female deck suit, and um, uh, male deck hand that were delivering boats up and down the Inland Rivers. So, like, sure. from Florida all the way up to Milwaukee. And we made almost a game out of it. And almost started to count the number of times when we would pull into a marina for that night. Um, inevitably, the dock master would come out and be like, okay, I need you to come check in. Where's the captain? Da, da, da. They immediately shift it right. to, the, to the guy that's on board. Well, I could have gotten pissy about that, right? Mm -hmm. I could have let it offend me and hurt my feelings and yada, yada, yada. But we all laughed. Right. So I changed my mindset. Their mindset followed, which is also <clears throat> important to notice. So when we get down the rabbit hole of leadership later, but I 
I started to just laugh about it mm. and to just almost, like I said, make a game out of counting how many times is this going to happen on this on this two week delivery from right. Florida to Wisconsin, you know, and and. I would chuckle because I'd be standing right there and they're, and they're, you know, you're calling it in. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm like, that was me on the home. Right. Like, you know, and, and, but we laugh about it. But we you, joke so, about it. So, so you said it's, it's your like, mindset. So it's, so it's just a, a standard reaction. But I think it takes time. Year, it yes. takes years, right? You know, if you really think women hit the job market in the 50s, right? And then they start going through. Now, generationally, it comes by. Now you see the CEOs or whatever. Now it becomes like common. Next generation, this is all normal. This is what women do. Because those people don't think like the younger generation, it doesn't mean that they're opposed to women or think less of them. No, it's not just at what all. they expect, right? It's and, not at all. It's, a, it's just, it's, it's mm. like I said, it's just literally, you know, I can count maybe one or two that haven't been supportive of me as a as a female captain. One was cultural. Right. I guess in a way I, I really don't even count. Right. The other, well, the dude was just miserable with life in general. So I don't count that either. Right. Um and I look at human behavior fascinates me, but I look at it. It's just it's not that uh, uh, a dog master or uh, a vendor is maliciously turning to one of the guys on my team. Sure. It's just second nature right. because for so many years it's been men in these positions, and I realize that. And, so it, and it, so doesn't, it doesn't offend me. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact that it doesn't offend me, then when they they do realize when 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 my first officer, the engineer, shifts to me and they're like, "Well, she's the captain," and they're like, "So sorry," and I'm like, "No, you don't. You don't have to be sorry." And 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 then like this wonderful it relationship grows. Right. Or the, the relationships. Yeah. Bro, um, I can tell you why. Awesome. No, what, what happens is, guy is just going about his business. I could say from a guy's standpoint, la di da, and whether he does it second nature or whatever, and then it's like, oh, the captain. Okay, the recalibration. If the re if the volley back is friendly or laughing, it gives the guy the opportunity to go oh okay no that's fine and that all goes away and it becomes a mutual respect thing right when you get hit with a, how dare you and you're a misogynistic whatever you get name called that closes down and shuts down relationships so it's always good to give the initial benefit of the doubt and i think most people see but if they do, you can make that jump over with, in any relationship. Well, and the same thing like works to, with. That's why I like right. to try to, to, to get to the young women that are entering into the deck department or the engineering department, you know, is I think, unfortunately, some of what they see is that they have to sling elbows to get there. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't. Right. And, and that's my number one thing is you do not have to sling elbows to get there. Sure. Um, yes, sometimes is it frustrating? Are there days that I'm like, oh, again? Yes. Mm -hmm. But I just quickly laugh right. about it. The guys chuckle about it. And too. then it becomes nothing. It becomes nothing. Right. And then, but then it actually grows. Right. Then they, they have a great deal of respect for me. Um, they will move mountains for me. You mentioned them earlier as we were just talking, talking happily. EYS at LMC. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, those guys move mountains for me. Well, and well, it's just they do so much. But it's I think it's. But if they move mountains because in any vendor, 
client relationship, it's you're dropping out the respect factor. And when you get that mutual respect factor between vendors and, and individuals, it doesn't matter. They're going to do whatever. I've dealt with them too on my boats and I've asked them to do my wife came up with some idea or whatever. I thought it was great too. And those guys work and they hit deadlines and they're great over there. So they do. And their, work I mean, is, their work is awesome. It is. And, 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 and I call them up and I'm like, oh, hey, we need to, we need to add this to the project. And they'll, they'll giggle and they'll be like, yeah, what's the deadline, Kelly? And I'll be like, yeah, it's two hours. <laughs> A couple days. Can yep. you do it? <laughs> you know? And they always make it happen. But. You know, it's funny that we're talking about them because I was just talking about this with um, with my engineer uh, yesterday, actually, because we're getting ready to go into the yard. And uh, anyway, I supposed to the boat yesterday. They're to the boat again today to talk to, to give me some some quotes and some stuff sure. like that. And we got to talking about, um, you know, vendors sometimes, I don't want to say price gouging, but way overcharging owners sure. and... You know, there's 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 two parts to that. I pay very close attention to to the invoice cost, right. proposals and everything like that. But um, we were talking about me and my engineer kind of got in this little debate of, of of what a proposal was, what a quote was, what an invoice was. And my comment back to him was, I've always had such great relationships with vendors that if they come in under the hours. The invoice reflects it. If they go over the hours, mm -hmm. I understand it and I pay it. But so then we get into this whole conversation about well, not everybody is like that and has those relationships. Well, I think you need in to both directions. But I think you know, and then that's. But I think that starts to become uh, the leadership aspect. So before we get to the leadership <laughs> aspect and what you bring to the table, because you'll How find good leaders. How many to go down today? <laughs> when you when you had mentioned, um, and I read about it, you were you went down to a boat, and somebody said, you know, you thought you can, you saw it, and you thought you could move that, like move that thing, right? And um, you said, you know, where did you get? You said you knew about tractors, I guess, uh -huh. right? Uh-huh. You. Put the two together. I'm going to guess. Okay. All right. And I, and I, you said, all right, the tractor, it has a certain sound to the motor. It's got a certain torque to the way it moves. You know, you've got your uh, controls. I bet I could do it. Is that how you came to it or are you just? No, that's it was exactly how I came right. to it. I mean, you think about it, you're on a tractor, you know, and, and you, you have your, your individual foot brakes. Right. You know, so you can, you can push on the foot brake on one side and, and, and if you're sliding around in the mud, it's going to shift this way or mm -hmm. you can push on the foot brake and then you can, you, you'll slide this way or, sure. or, you know, you'll make a tighter turn, you know, if, if so you, you apply, this. you apply, and this is a very important in how people could start to learn faster and have more confidence in their life. You applied something you knew that you were confident in, and then you just applied the principles to something else that you never went there. That is so, I wish more people, and it could be the smallest things. That's why, like, I always gave my kids chores, like, you got to do, you got to do the plates. You got to put, when they were little tiny, throw the placemats on there. Because suddenly that rhythm of work and then being able to do something and do a good job at it starts to become a multiplier. It does. In terms, and it, and it allows you to jump from, hey, I could do a tractor to I could pull that out. Imagine if you had full control of your boat, you felt safer, 
eliminated the unknown, and you were able to forecast and plan for your boat's upcoming maintenance instead of being caught off guard. Can you imagine knowing exactly what is installed on your boat down to the part and serial number on all of your standard and custom equipment at a moment's notice? Having instant access to your manuals while at dock or at sea and provide custom departure checklists specifically for your boat and your crew. Imagine ensuring the safety of your vessels and passengers with instant access to send emergency alerts and being able to ensure the value and the pedigree of your boat with digital logs recording the full history of every event on your boat. Well, you can with Vessel Vanguard. We are the leading maintenance and safety management software in the marine industry. We work with a wide range of marine industry experts, including yacht owners, captains, ferry and tugboat operators. If you're looking to safeguard your assets and preserve your revenue, visit VesselVanguard.com and schedule a demonstration for yourself. The link can be found in the show notes below. We look forward to supporting you and your vessel soon. Well, then you develop the confidence, right? Confidence. Then you develop the confidence right. for really any sort of adversity or struggle or whatever you want to call it. Bring it on. That you come up and sure. Because it, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's funny because, well, even when I was asked to start a charter company, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I walked off one. the hell's a charter company? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's because, like you said, it becomes a multiplier and that confidence starts to build and... But then you also learn how to to apply, and this is something important. As I was, it was just listening to you. Is when greenies come to me and they're like, "I have no experience in the yachting industry. I have nothing to put on my CV." I said, "You've got some life Absolutely. skill, some experience. Right. Were you a bartender? Because oh my God, put that on there. That's huge. Sure. Were you in hotel or housekeeping? You have to put that on there." Or, you know, were you, were you a mechanic back home? Because you have some sort of skill. Well, think about Even it. Even if you're only 18 years old, you have something from, from life that you can bring into this industry. So there's no reason mm-hmm. your CV's going to be made. <clears throat> well, that goes, goes, and again, we go to, it goes to the leadership is that's why you're the captain of this thing. And that's why you run all these <laughs> things and your boat's in good shape and the whole bit. And because... When you decided you needed, you could do that, you also need to have other people to help you and be in sync with you. So the good leader, right, has to get people, you could say, do that and do this, clean the boat, I don't want to hear it, all that stuff, and you could be, and you could be imperious, but a good leader knows that they have to bring everybody along with them. <laughs> you know, when, right? I, when I get, when I, <clears throat> when I pull up, and, and I put the boat on the, on the, on a dock in front of a really busy restaurant. And right. They look up and the pressure's on. The, the pressure's <laughs> on, and they look up and they see that it's a woman driving, and you know. And then I get these claps and everything like that. Or even if it's the guests on board, and 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 they were able to realize the maneuver I just did was difficult, and I come down from the wheelhouse, and they're like, "Oh, nice job, half blah 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 blah." I'm like, "It's not me that docked the boat. Right. It is not me that docked the boat. If my team." are not on point with their distances. Sure. When I'm not seeing, I'm stuck in the dumping. Right. The, the, the reason that we get in and out of these slips, you know, without incident, is because they're on it. They, they, they know what I need in terms of distances. We've taken the time to stand up there and get into each other's heads. They know, okay, if she, when she's about this far in, she loses visibility of that. She can't see me. Well, I, I'd even so take it even further. It's not me docking the boat. Well, it's them. <clears throat> it is. And every good leader gives the credit to their people, right? <laughs> and um, so I know what you do. <laughs> um, 
But you don't get there. Uh, you, in order to get there, that would, would indicate that you're interacting with your team. You're teaching them certain things. You're letting them know. I would, I would venture to guess, and I've done it before. Hey, listen, I, I can't see anything over there. I'm counting on you to, you know, mm -hmm. to get me in and give them a sense of, all right, it's a responsibility. If they don't get that vendor there in time, or if they do screw up, as pissed off as you are, you have to like, <laughs> just go with it and to give them some room. But over time, they also know that while everybody sees you coming in and it's perfect, there's like times you're like, oh shit, I really screwed up. They, and they saw it and they got into your rhythm and they were able to make it look perfect so you could get the claps because docking, when you get in the groove of it, it couldn't be easy, but some days wind and whatever, and uh, it becomes a real problem. So, and then when they're all watching, you have to just really come out and say, I really can't care about those well, people. Well, or what is it? You make the best maneuver and nobody's around to nobody's see Nobody's around it, to you see know? And then the conditions are perfect and the maneuver was easy, but then everybody's there. You know, that's right. That's the way it always goes. But, no, she, you know, back to my crew, something I mm -hmm. want to say in terms of leadership and what's so important yeah. is, yes, we talk a lot. Um, it, I'm real with them. Mm -hmm. if, if I'm in a funk, I tell them that. Right. If I'm extra tired, I tell them. Um, and that, they realize I'm a real human being. Sure. Um, if I, if I get something wrong, I come to them and I say, I'm sorry. I messed it up. Right. And their response to me is, Cap, nobody's perfect. It's fine. Like, you know, and it's literally, we just. And or, hey, this is the situation we're dealing with. I know you had a, I know we scheduled for time off. We got to get you know, this done. It, it is. And, they, and they, <clears throat> they will bust their butts for me. There's never a, a, hey guys, change of plans or, hey guys, you know, I told you we were going to work, you know, until four today, but blah, blah, blah is happening. Like, it's just the relationships that I have with my crew are amazing. But they wouldn't follow you when you go to leadership. Like a lot of times you'll feel, listen to people, they'll say, you know, inclusion and we care and we love you and all that stuff. And that's the, you know, the leadership capability, you know, qualities. Um, but that's not really what it is. It's really that if you really do care about your people, you have to create a zone of, you know, mutual respect. So, hey, besides you telling them, I'm sure, hey, I screwed up today. You're also, hey, we have a mission to do. And this is the job we have to be do it and I expect you to be a hundred percent. Now I know you're real and we all have bad days and good days or whatever. We ought to be on our game or our goal is to be on the game and you have to keep them on that goal. Yep. And for them to back you up or understand those are parts. So how do you play the tough card? It's easy. Everything out there that's advice is be nice, be wonderful. You know what, that's, um, that's a right. great question because- right. How do you do it? It's hard because I, I, you know, prior to being a yacht captain, I was a chemistry professor. So mm -hmm. I, I just inherently, I love to teach. Um, even though I don't have children, I joke about all right. the children that I've had in my classes sure. and all the children that, that, that I've had as crew members, you know, and, and, and people will ask, why don't you? And I'm like, because I have five crew members. That's why I don't need children, sure. <laughs> you know, but, um, oh, how do I handle, how do I handle being the bad guy? It's yeah, but, but I don't think you have to. Be, I think it's the bad guy. 
always times you put in there, I think when you say, which is important for people to pick up and anything that people could pick up to be better in these things that we're doing, even the purpose of this podcast is it's, it's to be real with them. We have a job, this is what we have to do. So when you don't do the job, you point back to the, the mission. I always found that I always cheated with this. Customer first. Okay. So when we're on a mission, we're on a mission to take care of the customer. We're on a mission to blow their minds. Okay. Whatever we do is a reflection of who we are. Then you put your vest forward, you put forward. So if the mission is to get the job done, you gotta get the customer. It sort of takes away all the gossip. Somebody's not doing the stuff. This isn't going to work. Our mission, they're not going to like what they see if the, if the deck is dirty or the food isn't good, right? Or something breaks down because you didn't fix it. And if you keep it focused on that, everybody gets it. Now, in return, you know, we're, we're going to treat everybody with respect. And we're going to reward them for... Yeah, for doing the mission, if you will. But let's go back to that. So, mm -hmm. okay, let's let's not call it. How do I handle it when I have to be the bad guy? Let's not call it bad guy. Sure. Because maybe. Yes. So, one of my current um, struggles or areas of of professional development with myself as 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 a captain as a leader is I am great at telling them how amazing they, the job they have done, um, you know, how much I depend on them, how much I rely on them. I'm good at the high fives. Okay. I am not the best at when I have to let them know that they've done something messed up for when they haven't been, you know, on their A game and dropped the ball. We could call it being the bad guy for the lack of a better uh, term, but I think actually that that might, a light bulb just came off right now. Maybe sure. I'm subconsciously setting myself up for more struggle by thinking that I'm the bad guy. Right. I'm yeah, not yeah. the bad guy. No. It's actually, if I, if I don't provide them with the, the I don't want to call it negative feedback, but let's say you have the positive and then you have the negative. If I don't, if I only provide them with the, the, the positive and I never provide them with the, the negative, I'm setting them them up for failure. Well, they can't take they the, can't grow. They can't they can't take the downside of things, and life is filled with that, and right. everything and, is filled. And, with and that. how are how are they ever going to grow? If right. I'm saying good job, good job, good job, cool. They're never going to get any better than that if mm -hmm. I don't tell them, hey, you know, this or that could have been better, or or you know, um, I think we dropped the ball here. So that, that actually is something that I'm trying to work through literally now is to, to I guess, telling myself that, and maybe, and I've, I've had, going back to being very real with sure. that group, I've sat down at the table with all of them and said, guys, this is the part that I don't do well at. And they have all come back to me and said, but Cap, if you don't tell us, how are we supposed to get better? Cap, right. if you tell us, it doesn't mean that, that we're mad at you because you told us we messed something up. Right. It allows us to get better and it allows us to grow. That's always been easy for me to tell people, like, you're really <laughs> pissing me off. <laughs> now, what's interesting, what's interesting is, and this is kind of something you were getting back to about how when, when, when women come into a male-dominated mm -hmm. industry, they just roll with it, they just get it done, they don't whine about it, they don't cry about it. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't say this, but... I find it easier 
when there's a tough conversation to be had, it's much easier to have with my guys than it is with my girls. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go to my guys and I can say, dude, that was messed up. Like, can we not do that again? Right. Like, can we do X, Y, Z? Oh, yeah, it's hot. You know, fist pump, move on. It's right. fixed. With the girls, it's a little well, different. Well, it's a little different. Um, it is. And I, and, and, and look. But your job is to uh, toughen them up. <laughs> true, true, right. but, but also. You have to treat, I guess you. Look, my first officer though, he's young and I put him in leadership roles, but I explained to him, I'm like, look, just because that's the way you learn or just because that's the way you would have done it with the guys on a team. I'm like, there is, there is scientific proof that women think differently, they sure. learn differently. And I said, so you're going to have to communicate with them differently. Sure, you have to get, I, that's, and there are differences, you know, and of course we, people might flip out because we said that, but the other thing too is I've got now three granddaughters and they're all small and I'm thinking like, listen, I'm throwing you into everything that I come across. Like you're doing anything that, you, that I would to my youngest grandson who's coming up in the ranks there. And because uh, you have to just go with the flow, you can't. You just got to get in the game. People are going to get nasty with you. They're going to, it's not about being a woman or whatever. It's just the way life is. Get in there, learn to move forward. And we try to do that even with people that come to work with us. Just get in the game. We don't look at you as differently. I, I, you can talk to them differently and communicate, but I don't know if you treat them differently. Like in no. other words, the expectations. No, no, You know no. what I'm saying? No, 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 no. And because then it, it's harmful to everybody and nobody, nobody wins. My expectations of interior and exterior are the same. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I mean, sometimes, to be honest, I have to, to, to rein myself in sometimes because I think sometimes I expect more of my interior team than my exterior teams. So I have to make sure that, that my expectations are the same, sure. whether it's exterior or whether it's interior. So do you like but uh, I So you're right. I I don't treat them differently. My expectations are the same. Sometimes maybe depending on the, the, the charter and the wants of the guests, maybe it's more interior focused or you, maybe it's more exterior focused, but communication? Probably the same, but let me ask you this question, and maybe all of us, maybe a lot of people don't realize it, but do you ever have any women in the engine room? Actually, that's a good question. <laughs> well, prior to getting an engineer, sure. um, it was myself and my first officer doing it, mm-hmm. but we were just, um, look, it's, it's, it's no secret that, that I love to foster um, okay. Grainies, getting them experience, sure. and also getting uh, women more on deck and more into the engine room. Okay. We were just over in, in Nassau uh, on charter and had a couple of days in between charter that, that my engineer needed some help doing some things. Right. And there was someone had come to me and said, hey, you know, yeah. introduce me to this, this young woman who said she wanted to be a captain, and I was like, oh, super excited. And she's like, well, no, I, it's not really a captain I want to be. And I was like, well, then what is it? She's like, I really want to be an engineer. I was like, oh, my God, if that's what you really want to be, you Come on, say that. <laughs> and, I, and I went to my engineer, who has three daughters, and I was like, hey, what do you think about getting her, you know, in, you know, in the engine room and getting sure. her some experience? And, and um, uh, yes, I Because I, I think some of those, I think some of those components are missing. Look, there's nothing like... 
having something broken that's mechanical and you're like, oh, I gotta fix this thing. And just doing it, and that in and of itself builds confidence. And so I think, I don't know, being exposed to the industrial it part does build of something, you right? Know, and that's, that goes back to um, with, with, with uh, my interior team. Um, sometimes they'll, they'll reach out to me or they'll reach out to the guys to fix something and it, and it can be, uh, something that just a set screw needs tightened on a mic or, so I provide the interior team with their own little toolbox. Yeah. And when they go figure it out <laughs> and they say, Hey, can you fix this? And I know what it is and I know their ability. I'll be like, me and the guys are busy. I'm like, you gotta fix it. And they do it. Right. And you ought to see their confidence grow. Because and, and then, now they right. fix those little things, and they don't. So again, you go all to the confidence builder. You know, some of the things that you when you talk about leadership, and you say, "Hey, you know what your, you know, shortcomings are. Maybe you're not being so tough." Um, those are very subtle and powerful ways of being tough. Yeah. And I, if you convey right. it, you know, everybody has to convey it in their own in their own way. It's all based on respect. You know, you might say, like, you could figure it out. With, you know, what the hell's wrong with you? You could figure it out, right? And you'll go, well, we're too busy. You know, everybody has their different way. It all leads to the same thing. Like, yeah, I did do it. I can do it. But, you know, some of some of my interior team, <laughs> uh, for me, it's women on the boat. So I'll call it, you know, my, my girls, some of them. I do have the relationship where I can look at that and I can be like, yeah, I don't face that. Right. And, you know, and she'll laugh and swear and she'll be like, all right, yeah, you're right. I do know how to fix it. So or I'll say, figure that out. So you're, you're, you're so right. The, the point you're bringing forth is that is a way for me to, to be tougher, for a lack of a better term, the part that I'm not good sure. at. Sure. But... And the growth that I watch when I see them do that, sure. like, and the confidence that builds when they realize, oh yeah, I can. They're part of, I would call Alex for. I can do it myself. But they're part of something, and as a crisis arises, they are willing to jump in, as opposed to being, I really know nothing. Everybody's been soft with me. I can't do anything. So I'm going to stand here in a crisis and not being able to respond to it, and then. Things happen to you, or life happens to you. You know, just from a small thing, it could extend across your whole life. So, whatever you're doing with them is good. You're a big advocate of uh, mental health. Uh, yeah. Right. And, yeah. and I've, I've looked at some. I saw your seminar that you had at Palm Beach. Oh my I God! Guess. I'm still in cloud right. <laughs> I went from thinking, "Oh man, like, what if nobody shows up?" To, "Oh Lord, I'm like, guys, you guys got to go sell all the chairs from all over the showgrounds because nobody sure. has anywhere to sit." <laughs> well, because it's a, you know, it's a big issue, and we talked earlier about, you know, crew members are just like unseen. They're doing tasks, they're keeping the boat together, they're making it work, whatever. What leads to the problems? What, what have you, you've been out there for a while now, but it's, uh, there's, there's, there certainly is uh, alcohol abuse that goes out there a lot, the drugs are in the same, there's depression. Um, how has it hit like the crew members or even the captains or how does it, what are you finding out there? Well, I mean, if you just, if you just step back and you look at the dynamic of this industry. First of all, what other industry works together, shares a room together, eats every meal together, plays together? Mm -hmm. Like we're together 24 seven, mm -hmm. you know? And, and then think about when, when you're not tied to the dock, 
You can't even get off the boat to go for a run and blow up some steam. Like, us as heavy charters we are, mm-hmm. like, we're, we're in each other's space. Right, because it's, it's, it's constant. Yeah. So back right there mm-hmm. is, is number one. And then you, then you add into that, we're away from play. Mm-hmm. We're away from what our normal support system would be, cool. friends. Um, then you throw into that all of the different ethnicities and cultural values sure. and ways of life. Um, and then you throw into that, you know, each and every one of us brings a certain level, level of baggage. But it all gets amplified because of all of these things that I've Well, you're in tight quarters. Like, yeah. you're in that door yeah. over there yeah. in a small little yeah. room, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so and then... The high demands, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, look, the, the owners have these boats and my goal is to always make it the owner's happy place. Mm-hmm. When he comes here, he needs to, he or she needs to step on board the boat. Everything's perfect. And right. the goal is to make it perfect without them ever knowing how it happens. Exactly. Like they just walk on and it's just, boom, it's just perfect. And their weaker, their weekend is great or their weekend is great. But so, so then... If maybe we do have something going on inside, we're working in an industry where we have to put that smile on no matter what. Right. Hospitality. Yeah. Hospitality yeah. plus, right? Yeah, when it comes to, to these things. We have to put that smile on. Right. Um, we have to make it look like it's all done flawlessly, seamlessly. So that adds an, another layer. So you've got all these pressures. Do you think that the recognition or lack of recognition plays a big role? in in the depression so in other words like maybe the owners don't see that the guy was cleaning the teak for 10 hours and made it perfect <laughs> and then says why is there a mark on the side right yeah. you know like then you know that and they probably don't know and that creates some you know other i mean it's a small piece but where do you where does it start going south and how do you prevent it or how do you deal with it you're right. Unfortunately, I don't think owners a lot of times know what goes into it because, look, we, we, we try to make it look like it just happens. It just right. poop happens. And, and, and you want it to be the owner's happy place, so you're not going to bring to him how it all happens. But if I think that, yeah, maybe there is some lack of recognition. Mm-hmm. There is some, some that, that teak that's all red and shiny and perfect. That's some scrubbing. Right. You know, that's some scrubbing, that's some, some man hours, that's some out in the hot sun, you know, or, or you know, you want to go here, here, and here, and it's the busiest time of the year, and you don't realize all of the hoops that I have just jumped through. Um, calling for docks. For calling for the dockage, right. for making it happen, for utilizing all of the relationships that, that I have worked so hard to make over the years. Sure. Um, sometimes, sometimes a simple thank you will pull a lot of money. So how do you, so how do you deal with it? So, so it's a problem. It is. And what, how do you deal with it on your boat? And how do you deal with it in the bigger picture? If you have any ideas, but your boat in, in particular, how do you deal with it? And when does it go too far and when do you have to make moves? So in other words, are there telltale signs where people are moving in direction and something else is going to come afterward? Or do some people just bring their habits on board? What happens? <clears throat> well, 
It goes back to mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Now look, sometimes I don't get it right. You know, there's days that I'm frustrated because I want everything done 110% and I want everything, everything absolutely perfect. But that's where you're captain blind and you don't realize it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, but you have to say, okay, well, what's this, what's this program's business ethos? What, what is, how does this program want? How does the owner want this program run? What's his goal? And then you have to change your mindset and you have to say, okay, but this is how he chooses to run his program. I either get on board or I don't. So do you convey to your crew then basically like, here's the mission, this is what we have to do. And if you highlight the mission, does it make it less stressful to them? Do they not understand what needs to be done, what to expect? And it doesn't create those tensions that start yeah, going down the rabbit you hole. Know, it helps. Or let's say they bring to you, hey, Cap, I want to do X, Y, and Z to make it better. Okay. And I have to crush them and tell them no uh-huh. because it's not in the budget. So I just have to be real with them. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, look, I think this is an amazing idea. And I think it would really make the program to just add that extra element to it. But we are on a vessel that's that runs with this type of... It's a budget, it's yeah. a P&L, and that's you the know, way they're running it, right? But it, it, it's, it's a tough one to balance. Mm. It's a tough one to balance. <clears throat> so where does the substance abuse and alcohol come in? And do you, you know... You know, I don't drink. Um, never have. And, but I think it's, it's a coping mechanism. Okay. Right? You know... Um, I, I might be a, a stress eater instead of a stress drinker. Mm-hmm. So I think that, but this is something that I want to, to try to shift culturally in the industry sure. as well. So let's just look at this for an example. We get off a charter, you know, three weeks of charter back to about it. We pull up to, to Bay Street Marina there in Nassau and we're all ready to just run. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I can say. Let's go to the bar. Mm-hmm. Or I can say, let's go to dinner and have dinner. And if you guys don't have a little drinks, have a couple of drinks. And hey, y'all want to go back and watch a movie? You know, mm-hmm. just have them in on the couch in the salon and watch a movie. Or do you guys want to go to Atlantis and be out all night long? And they may quickly adopt to that same sort of mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, they, and I, try to foster an environment in which we don't get into a lot of partying and we don't get into a lot of heavy drinking. And, but yet if you have a leader that is saying, hey, let's go to Atlantis all night long. So, but but there's a thing here that you're doing. And again, these are these these subtle things of leadership that they're not written in a quote and that leaders do. You're doing something and maybe you haven't considered it. If you're doing something to tell them that there's options that you don't have to do. Because the first thing is for anybody, I've been working, I gotta get out there and drink and party, right? We're along the lines, you're giving them something else, maybe a sense of belonging. Um, Hey, you know what, if you don't go out and you do all this stuff, you'll have more cash in the bank. You won't have to be doing this forever or something like that. Members, blatantly ask him, and I know some people on here are gonna listen and say that some of your business is wrong, Sure, but I will go to my 23 year old first officer and I will say, bud, what are you doing with your money? And 
he's used to it now. Mm-hmm. And I think he appreciates it now, you know, and, and I know he's got a, 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 a Roth IRA and I'll be like, are you putting money away in that? You know, mm-hmm. but why not? Cool. Because if not, so, well, he's going to go blow it. Well, you're, you, you know the benefits of it and a 23 year old doesn't, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it's, those are, so you're doing, there's a fine line, again, from leadership. You don't want to really get into people's personal lives. I've always made that a thing not to do. Put those life um, comments, I'll call them there, of, hey, I never considered that. Or, hey, if you're going to go buy this house or you're going to go buy this car, you may want to consider things like that where where you're you're giving them uh, the ability or you're giving them another path I didn't, that they didn't even know existed. Well, and I, there's a reason behind it, yeah. right? And I think those subtle things, we're all looking for, how can I take a pill, solve the problem? Well, so that, it happens more the you solve the problem in a way that you're doing it because you're, and I, I keep coming back to this and I always believe this, is a, there's an underlying thing in talking to you and seeing the things that you've done online. There's an underlying current of mutual respect. And when you foster an environment of mutual respect, you can get pissed off, right? You can fail. You can do some good things. You could whatever. If you keep that, if you keep it all in the band of mutual respect, everybody comes back and resets. Hey, you said, if I take care of the customer, you'll do this. And as a leader, you go, you're right. And I didn't do it. I have to fix that. At the same time, you can go back to somebody and go, Hey guys, I don't think you should waste your money on that. You may want to try this. Who are they to say? Well, well, just something to consider. I'll see you later. And after they have time to think about it, they're like, hey, if you're looking out for my best interest, and they always have, both on work and off work, you know, with advice. And, um, and then never trying to take advantage of employees um, in any way you can't view that. Or I'm you just, real with them. Right. And that has always worked for me. And, you know, I, and, I, and I told you before we hit the record button, mm-hmm. the feedback that I get from what I'm doing online and, and everything like that is, is, is when people, if somebody stopped me in the TJ Maxx parking lot the other day because they had saw me online, and I was like, <laughs> oh my God, but they, but they, it was such a shock. But they were like, how dare you say that? Well, you know what they say is they say you keep it real. Right. They're like, you're just real, you're raw. And that's the way I've always been with my crew. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and if I mess something How up. do you know? But you see, again, those statements uh, lead to, and the way, the way people get information and, and they go, hey, that's, that could be, you know, I can interpret that as I could be, you know, nasty and be myself and whatever and just raw with them. Um, you have to have borders around that. You do. You would never say something really mean or say something well, oh. disgusting or whatever oh. that case is. So there's, 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 a, you, there's a theme to all of this. Yes. How is it not like you say, okay, some people may misinterpret keeping it real with, you know, if, if what's going on in your head, you know, is that that person's being absolute asshole and you want to call off hands and nasty names. No, that's not what I mean by keeping it right, really right. wrong. Like, there still is uh, some personal and social responsibility and manners. Like, mm-hmm. just not being rude. Right. Like, you know, so that's not what I mean by, by keeping it real or, keeping it, or just being raw. You still want to be 
a kind, compassionate, caring human being. Sure. Um, let, let's, 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 don't be a, a butthead, you know? So you don't necessarily have the problem, um, you know, how is it for women on board in the cruise, like when passengers, is there harassment? Do they have the sexual harassment? Has that gone away? Has it been in check? Uh, crew member to crew member relationship, you know, being cramped in, you now are cramped quarters, relationships start or break or whatever. Uh, you see the draw. I can't watch that show. The low decks is just make believe drama to me. Uh, <laughs> Certainly, there are some things that go on. Um, There's some and, truth to it. And how, how, what is the state of affairs? Is it, is it prevalent out there? Are these people harassed? Or? Sexual harassment, bullying, and drug and alcohol abuse are very prevalent right now. How do you stop? How do you stop the bullying? And the bullying becomes crew members or from people on the boat? Where? Passengers? The, the bullying is, is more so crew member to crew member. Cool. And... I, and it's, it's one of the things, you know, I'm always thinking about what is my next seminar going to be on? What is my next reel going to be on or this or that? And, and one of the things uh, right now that, that I want to address is bullying. And has anyone ever just simply stopped one of those bullies in their tracks and said a few things? One, it's not necessary. Um, two, is something going on? Is something bothering you? And, and three, checking in on their self-esteem. Where's their self-esteem? Where's their self-worth? Because if they're bullying, is it because of what's really going on on the inside? Or have they ever been taught, hey, a leadership position, now that you're the chief stew or you're the chief officer, for some reason, there's an abuse of power or there's a perception that when you're the boss, you're supposed to be well, that's, mean. That's from society. And yes. And that's, that's and I, I can tell you that you see it on, but it's not just, it's not just crews or on boats. You see it throughout industry. And what happens a lot of times is, and, I, and you see it, it's not even, it's something that, that stays with people through their whole career. When you see... Um, somebody get to a senior executive role. Uh, oftentimes companies who say they're all inclusive will have, that's the executive group. And when people get into this executive group, there's some perception that they're now like kings or queens and it's for everybody else to do. But in reality, the higher you go, the more you have to do, right? <laughs> and, uh, and that's, a, and that's and so if you bring it all the way down, I see that, I think that's easy to stop by just dealing with it straight up, you know? I think it's just- as, as, as long as the leader doesn't tolerate it, and then they don't know. It's like, you know, just the higher you go, the more you have to get these people to come along with you. There's a time and a place to say, get your ass in gear, but more times than not, you've got to train them and give them the confidence and the respect. And that's how you grow, you'll grow be, your career. They're going to be leaning. They're not going to want to follow. They're not going to want to come along. But, so has anybody yeah. said to the chief steward, the chief officer, look, just because you've obtained that leadership role and doesn't equate to being a bully. Actually, it's, it's, it's the opposite. It's, Learning 
empathy and, and caring and compassion and how do I get this team to come along? So that's, that's training so from above and then leadership. Yeah, okay. But what do you do when the captain is a bully? And so he, if he's a bully and he is used to, he or she is used to abusing power, then how do you get the chief sir or the chief officer to understand that's not the way to do it? Um, because you're acquiring <clears throat> this title does not mean to get people to do their job and you have to be mean to them. So how do you come across, this is a big issue, you know, people think it's a dead end, right? You come across a captain who's no good or a senior person in the company. And oftentimes I'll tell people that there's certain things you can't do and maybe the person's an asshole, mm-hmm. right? But if you run into that roadblock, and you immediately go, this person's an asshole, I don't like this. I get you, as the person who's taking this, mm-hmm. um, may lose out on opportunities because maybe that person can't articulate what's bothering them. Or you keep saying, I want to go left, and they're going right. And you think they're stupid, and then they're nasty to you, and then you're done. Very few people take the time to go, why does that person want to go left? What am I lifting, right? This whole time you're sitting here. So (laughs) that's exactly it. So the leader is going in a certain certain direction. And sometimes, again, they may be in the imperial class. I'm now in charge, so I don't have to tell you. So sometimes people need to find it out. Now, this is a great skill set that people could use when you come into that dead end. They're not going to tell me. If I ask, they're going to be nasty. I have to go research why they want to go left. What makes them tick? I'm not saying that you take abuse, but you do need to do the work to find that out. Because once you find it out, you can then put together a plan that could modify the behavior or he goes left because the cleat isn't right over there. Or he doesn't... His left vision or his right vision isn't as sharp as he go. Oh shit! By the way, there's this tool, and now you have a great friend. Now he didn't communicate or she didn't communicate, which is their problem. But you found out what the problem was, and you were able then to find a remedy. You're always pounding away with a solution that they are not going to respond to or will not tell you about. So when you do that, right, let's say then you leave the boat or wherever you are and you go anyplace else, you can solve problems in any industry on any front. There is because you'll acquire a set of tools to get around the non-communicating and then you'll be successful just like you felt the tractor. You can apply that to the helm, right? And so it's worth it, especially young people. You don't have to take abuse from people. If the person's completely out of their minds, it's best to leave. You don't have to right. put up with it. But you are always going to come in to a no. Well, and you're on rejection. So I you mean, need to deal with it. I have like a couple of examples, actually. I mean, I have one. My mom has always been an advocate and always taught ask questions, ask all the questions you want, ask whatever question you want, but do it in a respectful manner. And so it goes back to the, the one word why. Mm-hmm. So, so I had so there's there's my dog there's my dog Freddie and then there's another dog Freddie, and 
the um, Captain Unwell Freddy oftentimes works uh, with his wife, but sometimes she I'm jumps sure. over to my boat and works on my boat. And and I had mentioned to her coming in at a certain time one day uh, to get ready. And she came back and she says, look, Cap, I, I don't think that we need all that time to get ready. And what I was just shooting out there was was a time for her to be in. I was busy doing mm-hmm. a million other things. Anyways, long story long was her husband, who was also a captain, said, you never question the captain. And I said, what? <laughs> I said, question me all you want. Right. All day long. Again, as long as it's respectful, right? Yes, as long as it's respectful. So if you want to know why I'm making a maneuver this way, or you want to know why I have chosen to start two hours earlier today, mm-hmm. if you want to know, ask. Right. So, so what I'm seeing to, to, and I encourage this to the younger crew members, ask your captain why, respectfully. Sure. Um, try to understand why they've made a decision that they've made, because a lot of times when you ask why, then, then, and you get that answer back, it's like the whole light bulb comes on, the whole situation it's, I, changes. It's one of the things, again, because society in general is looking for how do we solve this problem, or what do we do for people who are being bullied or, or, or don't like their jobs or whatever. And it really has to come back to that the individual. Like, I'm running into a roadblock, how do I maneuver around it? Well, and so, that needs to be the so big it, training zone. It, yes. So I had um, my my first officer's little sister was working on another boat. It was her first boat. And she had been asking her brother some things. You know, she was, she was struggling with her, communicating with her captain. Mm-hmm. And so finally he said, look, why don't you just ask Kat what she thinks? And so I said to her, I said, well, she was telling me he was kind of being a grouch. And mm-hmm. I says, have you gone to him and asked him, number one, how are you? And number two, I see you're a little stressed. Is there something I can do to alleviate that? Is there something right. I can take off of your Or if there's something that I'm doing that's causing the problem, yes. right? And I said, as soon as you ask him that, and you, that's going to open the door for a conversation you're going to get to the bottom of why he's being grumpy. You're going to learn either it's something at home or he's got a lot of demands or word for he's going to say, oh, my God, you know what? Yes, you can t- take on this project for me. Sure enough, she calls me back and she's like, oh, my God, it worked. Right. Uh, it's so. So, it's, but, so the training does have to be not only the leader, what they do, but a lot a lot of the personal responsibility I, needs oh to go God, back exact- to the individual yes. and not if people I was just getting if ready people, to use right. those exact if they, words. If they don't, responsibility. If people take on the per, hey, I, I demand respect, and I'm going to give the respect. And if that thing isn't there, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to be involved in it. But if something isn't going right, or I'm not getting my way, or I don't know, I need to be engaged and find out how do I solve the problem. And the personal responsibility is, a, is is critical for personal growth. Yes. And you're not going to get it from an edict or calling people names or saying that they're bad or they're blocked. You have to find a way to advance your own cause. Yes. And if people said, I got to rely on myself for this, I don't have any choice, um, then there'd be probably a lot less problem. So how do you... Well, yeah. So so I I, I think sometimes just saying to, you know, you're responsible. Mm as well and 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 illustrating the personal responsibility that you have so let's go to sexual harassment for example on board um 
Stop. I held a vote that had a particular crew member that 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 was a bit of a pervert, and the captain was trying to navigate through all of it with with with. Let's face it, you know, big companies have policies. Sure. Sometimes it's three strikes you're out. There's write-ups. So there's always what the captain has to do on the on the back end, legally, administratively, and stuff sure. and stuff like that. But what I learned through talking to this this other set of crew is never once did they step up to this fella and say, "Stop! Don't talk to me like that," or "That's disrespectful," or "That's sure. rude." And I said to them, I said, you guys have some level of personal responsibility to stand up for yourself, to say I'm not going to tolerate this, to say I'm not going to accept that. I said, and, and you also need to open your eyes a little bit to realize, too, on the other end of the captain, that there's, there's legal ways of navigating stuff like this. They're trying so are you saying best, that? But, but stand up for yourself. Yeah, like, so in other words... So if, if somebody's sexual hurt, this is what I would tell my granddaughters. If some guy starts doing some stupid stuff, tell him like, hey, enough. This isn't going anywhere. Cut the crap. And that's the end of it. Like firm and to the point, like it's not going anywhere. So yeah. stop. And if they continue, you got to just, you have to deal with it. Or you think, look, if some, if it's a strange time and I guess women feel it, is this guy just hitting on me? I don't want to be a jerk. Yeah. You know, guys are going to hit on me. That's great. You know, whatever. Right. And then it starts getting out of hand. Right. And so, you know, women maybe don't want to make a big deal at first. They don't want to be uncomfortable. But if you're just like, if they get out of hand and you go like, no, we're not doing this and not make it a big deal. Put your foot down. We're not going in this direction and end it. Could that, I'm not saying, because I don't. I don't see it in where, where I am. I wouldn't, I, I'm on land or whatever. I have it a little easier. You could stop that. But um, if a woman just goes, okay, you, made, you took your shot. I'm not interested. Thank you. Would, would that go a longer way than them trying to be nice about it and being uncomfortable about it? Just coming out and saying, oh, you yeah, know, this is not going anywhere. Because does it then cascade? And does it then become a problem? Now, I'm not going to say that there aren't guys that are complete morons or whatever the case. I don't know too many of them. I mean, I've seen the guys who are really aggressive and but whatever. But I think for the most part, but for the most part, say, dude, like, and it could even it's be, not going to happen. Stop right. it. Don't even go there. Right. Like, like, somebody's doing something perverted, like on a, anywhere, you got to throw them out. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. have to go because yeah. it's not But then, but then you, go, you run into cultural type things too, where Look, on board, there's a ton of banter. Sure. And you need that banter to sure. get through the day. Sure, sure. You know, what one culture may think was just playful banter, the other one didn't. Sure. So, so let's say one's bantering and... Hey, guys, that might be a great word in your country, <laughs> but, but it's really bad here. Yeah. Stop. And I think sometimes when you just say it like that... There are words, yes. and I would never say them. Yes. I don't care. <laughs> um, but there are where people are like, that's just a normal thing to say. It's like, hey, how are you doing? And it's like, it won't go over big. So you just tell people, like, stop. For nothing. Can't do that. Well, <laughs> and then, but then the person that has received the stop, dude, that's not cool. 
sometimes almost wants to go on the defense. Don't go on the defense. Take a step back and say, oh, wow, did, did, did maybe I overstep or did they maybe totally interpret that the wrong way? So then take the time to say, you know what? I'm sorry. I won't say that again. That's not what I meant at all. Here's what so I meant. Does it, sometimes people could do that in the heat of things. They get it's, really pissed because you're putting up the roadblock. Yeah. But I think what it really all comes down to is it starts with the leaders to set the tone oh and then to teach their people how to interact with others when a tough situation comes up, which ultimately gets to you're out on the water for the captain. What is the worst you've been in? Have you been in a crisis out on the sea? <laughs> oh, boy, yes. Because um, that's what people want to hear, too. Yes. And, and how did your crew come across and how did they... Perform. So I've dealt with a fire, oh. I've dealt with the sinking, and I have dealt with, just in the last year, two rescues on board other vessels. So let me actually just go back to the one that happened on April 15th. Okay. So Tax very, day, people had to pay. Yeah. yeah very, Call the 17th. But. Very, very recent. So we had um, 10 charter guests come on board, pick up okay. the mass off. Um, eight of them got in early. The other two were coming in late, and they were going to cause me to run out of daylight. And they knew that, so they said, hey, um, you go ahead, you know, head over to the Exumas with, with the eight. And I made arrangements to leave my tender behind with my first officer, and he was going to bring the other two across. So where were you to give it? You were in Nashville, and you were going to Staniel? or Normans. Okay. So I went to Normans. I anchored. Um, got set up and literally, you know, here he comes in, um, the tender with the other two guests and I'm up in the wheelhouse and my engineer uh, radios me on the UHF and says, hey, did you hear that mayday? And I said, actually, no, I didn't. So I came out to the tender for whatever reason, mm -hmm. the tender was hitting by a reception and um, I could hear over in Shroud that uh, there was a vessel, an individual in distress, mm -hmm. and they had hailed a May Day, and I, I communicated for a minute. I realized that, you know, he was having a really bad headache. He, mm -hmm. he, he couldn't know. Um, from the garbled communication I can get, I realized there was an issue. And this is just how in sync my team and I are. Sure. So my engineer goes back inside, big Freddy, grabs the medical bag, grabs the oxygen, grabs the AED, has Literally, as I turn around to say, go grab it, he's already set it on the tender. I look at Sean and I said, let's go. Free engineer tosses the lines. Me and Sean go down to this next anchorage. And um, I, I jump on board and I take one look at the fella and I realize he's, he's in trouble. Right. And um, so at that point, Somebody needs to take charge. Um, Sean's still out on the tenor. He's running comms and did an amazing job because there, there was a boat over here that had a particular drug that we needed. Then there was a boat over here that had contact with an airplane. And, you know, and then we were trying to talk back to my boat. So not everybody's got the best reception. Right. You know, one's got the sat phone. One, for whatever his VHF is going through, the other sure. is not. And so... so so Sean's running like central command and then I'm on the UHF inside the catamaran trying to help, you know, the felon tell Sean what I need. So, so looking back on it, it is amazing how, how Sean and I and the other vessels were able to communi mm -hmm. communicate. And um, I knew that the, the fellow was, was in bad shape mm -hmm. and um, his wife, such a doll, 
um, I could tell she 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 was in a bit of shock herself sure. and was having trouble making the decision as to what to do. Not only that, they were on their maiden voyage. They had just uh -oh. bought the sailboat and um, so she was, you know, she didn't have the contacts that I had and the relationships that I had in, in the Bahamas. And so I, I, I looked at her and I said, he's, he's gotta go. I was right. like, he's gotta go. If he's not gonna go by plane, let's put him on my tender and let's go now. Right. And uh, the fellow ended up that night having emergency brain surgery in Nassau. And um, it, was, it was a stroke. And he spent, I think, like two weeks in Nassau and just a few days ago got flown back to the U.S. He's in, um, in uh, the college university hospital at Charleston. I talk to her every day, multiple times mm -hmm. a day, the wife. And uh, just yesterday she was saying that um, he opened his eyes Got a little bit of a smile, um, is is blinking in comprehension of what's going on, and uh, he's recovering slowly. It would have turned out different. Yes. A lot. Did you wind up taking him on the tender? No, we ended up getting um, uh, an airplane to land at uh, Norman's. Okay. You know, but the the other complexity of that is she doesn't understand that like we have to make this decision now. Right. We're running out of daylight. Right. We cannot land. Right without daylight. Sure. So then, you know, I had a pearl stretcher and uh, a flexible stretcher, so we get that under him. We're trying to get a six-foot grown man out, out of the doorways of right. this catamaran, you know. Then we get him onto the tender. Then we don't have enough manpower to trans transfer him from the tender to the dock to the airplane. So we stop and we grab my engineer, which is a big, strong guy. So then we get him off. Um, it literally was just a, a little uh, two-seater plane, and uh, we made some adjustments in the in the in the baggage area. And, the two -seater. Slid him in. and we slid him in, and and away he went. You know, um, made arrangements for um, ambulance transport on the other end. So, so everybody the, was coordinated and ready to go. Yes. And it's good. You save somebody and hopefully he gets uh, through. Yes. And, right. and, yes. and so that's, I speak of that one because that's, that's the most recent. Mm -hmm. um, before that uh, was uh, another Mayday call. Uh, we, were, we were in O'Brien's and he was, was he up? I can't remember what anchorage he was in now. It's, it slipped my mind, but... He fell off to the top of his catamaran, um, broke two wrists, broke his jaw, broke some ribs, and busted out like 10 teeth. Oh my God. <laughs> so, you know, and this is something that I want to say. Yes, in this, this last rescue, and even the one before, there was a number of, of, of vessels and other people that assisted. And I want to say thank you very much. But what I also noticed is that so few people are willing to take action and to make a decision. And the one thing that I want to say about being in the out islands or any remote area like that, do something. Because something is better than nothing. Sure. So what do you think? What, who didn't want to make decisions? Just other boats, other people, or? All of the above. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think, one, it has to do uh, I learned this in psychology years ago, innocent bystander effect. Mm -hmm. The thought that, oh, someone else will do something. Someone else will do it. And then that just keeps going and then nobody else does anything. So that's one. And then nobody wants to be legally responsible. What if I get sued? Right. Uh, that was not anywhere near my mind. Sure. In my mind was, he either stays and the guarantee is that he's probably going to die. 
or he goes, right. and I step up and make that decision, right. and he might live. Well, look, in any decision that you have to do, too, is that um, you got to make that call. So you, you make the right call. It's, that's what you were dealt with. And if you ever have to go in a court of law and defend yourself, well, that's what you did. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's a pretty good argument. Yeah. So I think sometimes, you know, on the legal stuff, you know, certainly you got to be careful. These days, certainly doctors have to be careful. Yeah. Uh, but uh, interesting. So this has been a very interesting conversation. Um, I'm ready to hire you to run my boat. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh my God, I, I'm ready to like keep recording. I'm ready to like, I'm like, okay, not any more podcasts. And like, I could just sit here all day and I could talk to you forever and ever because there, like there are so many rabbit holes. Oh, there's so many things we could do. We but, can go down. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, we're, we're kicking this uh, podcast off. Our goal is here to just get out into the industry, people who uh, make it work, make it happen on all fronts and bring it to the forefront, you know, bring some, you know, recognition to the industry as well, to the people that work in it and actually do a good job because, you know, look at that guy over there pulling the giant boat out. Everybody thinks it's easy, but to make that work and not have those thrusters go out uh -huh. at the wrong time or the wind catching. Or when it does, and is he prepared and his, and his crew are the ones that are throwing fenders down yeah. and taking care of it? Sure. And, or even know. guys that are out there doing the tugboats and, you know, there's a lot of, this is a high skilled industry with not enough recognition. Well, I tell and, you what, you talk about the tugboats. I uh, did a lot of deliveries of up and mm -hmm. down the inland rivers and the, the the skill the knowledge the relationships that i made with some of those um the guys drivers. oh my gosh they blow my mind the tugboats you know who's who's always interesting when you come down when i come down the river at fort in fort lauderdale when i get service and i'll go to lmc but now it's called safe harbor i guess uh -huh. or whatever you got to take a tug down. Like you got to take a tow because there's so many bends. If you go really like early, early in the morning, you could get yeah. away with it. Yes. But and those guys make it look easy. I know that yeah. you use steel, yeah. and they're they're very good. They we've we've used them before. Just in and out, they make those hairpin turns they look do. like there's no way. And, and and you know, and they're sitting back there just like. And I know they're not sitting back there chilling. It. I know they're not. But but they're just they're sitting back there and like. They look like they're chilling, and I'm looking at them going, you guys, there's so much knowledge in your head. Yeah, there's so much skill behind that. Like, it's just, they make it look easy. Well, like, they part, make such a difficult thing look so easy. That's, but that's, you know, that's why you can never really ham it up. You have to learn over time how to be very cool about <laughs> Hey, okay, this is it. just matter of fact. Yeah, <laughs> you know? they've done it. I tell you what, and they make such a tough job with it. And they do. And even these guys at a docking, like pulling this thing out, mm -hmm. you know, the panic that can ensue uh, if you, uh, yeah, if you, yeah, you just have to do it. Yeah. But um, it was great talking to you. Hopefully oh, we'll talk more. I hope this, I was just thinking that. I hope it's not the last one. It's interesting how so many key words that, were coming out of your mouth were in here and I couldn't wait to get them out. It's um, interesting and I know it looks like our ethos is, is, is so aligned and we feel passionate about some of the, the same topics. And sure. So I can't wait to have more conversation. No, really it's, gr it's great. It's, you know, you've got, what I'm trying to get, you know, whenever you give the opportunity, hopefully people could come away with this, like, hey, I never considered that. Maybe I can implement this in, yes. in what I do. Um, 
how to just jump on something that you never did and uh, and yeah. go for it. Yeah. Um, how you balance everything out that's in dealing with problems. So, and then just overall, there's just a lot of good people in the industry that don't have the recognition and we want to start doing it. That's awesome. And, that's um, awesome. Thank you for that. And that's off we go. And you know what? And I can't wait. Um, I can't wait to go back and tell my and share what I was just doing right now and be like, I'll be like, because we, you know, we've talked about software programs and with him coming from the airline industry. Sure. And so with what you're doing with your software and your yeah, no, program is just, it's, that's amazing. Well, the whole concept of it and what we've, you know, what we're releasing in the next couple of weeks is really a great tool for crews to work with, captains, requirements for insurance, you name it. And it starts, it, it's, it, it's going to add a professional level yes. to the industry where people could say, hey, what did I do today? I did 48 things here. Look, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah that teach did take 10 hours to do, yeah. you know, and this is what's involved. Well, and I think we could stand to take a page out of the airline industry's book, right? I think, I think we're a little behind. Uh, planes fly in the most intense conditions. Alaska, land in Miami, <laughs> salt, yeah. spray, you get it. And they work all the time. And their bottom line is, is because in a certain amount of time, they're changing out parts that haven't broken yet. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine if you did that on a boat. I know. Right? Yeah, Instead know. of having like 15% uptime. So that the industry have, can become more proactive instead of reactive. Because it's almost all reactive today. Yeah. So good. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to getting this out there. And it was great talking to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Thank you. Thank you.